Welcome to White Shores, the podcast for spiritual beings having a human experience. Let me invite you to walk once more beside me on White Shores to talk about the real meaning of life and the true power of what is unseen. Let's discuss dreams, intuition, manifesting, as above, so below, angels, afterlife, the science of consciousness, and other infinite possibilities within and all around you. I hope every episode informs, inspires, and illuminates. So, now the scene is set. Allow the grey rain curtain of this world to roll back and all to turn to silver glass. Let's walk barefoot together on the gentle, glistening sands of white shores to see what mystery lies beyond the material. Thank you for arriving safely on white shores, a far green country under a swift sunrise. Walking beside me today is a gentleman called Barry Linney, who is a vicar in the Church of England and who also studied theology at Cambridge. Um, He's absolutely fascinating. We've been in touch for a while now, um, trying to organise a date because he's very busy and I've finally been able to pin him down. (laughs) So I just can't wait for this conversation, not only because it's great to actually remember my time at Cambridge too with him, I hope, but also to hear about his reasons for connecting with me and where he is spiritually. Hello, Barry. Hello, Teresa. Delighted to speak to you. Now, we're going to reminisce in a minute. But first of all, you described yourself in one of your emails to me as a vicar in the Church of England. Um, And you said you used the term which may have changed now, because I think this was a a while ago, that you were hanging on by the skin of your teeth. Would you mind explaining what you meant there? Obviously, symbolically, what you were what you what you meant by that? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I mean, I think it's it's probably to do with my discovery in more recent years of uh, one mindfulness um, and two sort of forest bathing and a love of nature. And I think those two sort of practices, if you like, have brought so much in, into my life. There's such a richness, uh, such a such such a depth, such a change in viewpoint um, that I think a lot of the theology that I was kind of educated in became redundant because a lot of it was very dogmatic. A lot of it was about beliefs and sort of codes almost um, that oftentimes didn't really connect with one's actual experience. Um, and so when I say hanging on, on, on by the skin of my teeth, I, I mean just that, that a lot of those things that we were all schooled with in, in, in theology, in, in training for the, the church, you look at them again sort of 20, 25 years later, and you think, actually, how much good did that really do me? Um, uh, and, and then when you found other ways of inhabiting your, your faith that are more alive, uh, more embodied um, and more awakening, it, it does definitely cause you to, to reassess, you know, where you are and what you stand for. 
Absolutely. I, I hear every word you're saying loud and clear because um, it doesn't invalidate the path that you're on anyway as a vicar. It, it kind of like as well it enriches it. But yeah. I understand what you're saying so much. But can we go back in time now, yeah. back to, yeah. to Cambridge um, and theology? Now, I, I have a theology degree as well from Cambridge. And yeah. first yeah. of all, nobody really understands what it is. <laughs> I don't know if you say that. They sort of like, oh, um, is that religion? Is that the Bible? Yeah. Are you trying to do you find that? And can you explain for people listening? So I don't have to anymore what theology is. Well, yeah, very, very interesting. I mean, when I went to Cambridge, I was training, I went to train to be a vicar. So I already had a, a bachelor's degree from the University of Wales. So I was doing a uh, a master's degree through the Cambridge Theological uh, Education Federation. Um, so I'd chosen at that point to focus on um, interfaith. Um, so for me at that point, it was it was looking at the way the different faiths understand God and their relationship with them. So I guess Christian theology would be would be understanding God from the perspective of Jesus and the uh, traditions, the saints, the teachings of the church. Um, whereas at that point, I'd kind of done that, got the T-shirt for that and thought, well, let's actually, how do other faiths, how do other religions understand uh, God? And that's theology too, of course. Of course. I, again, I, I hear you because I'm, Going back in time now, and that that Oscar Wilde phrase, um, "Youth is wasted on the young." Yeah, I, I look back now and how magic and fascinating it was. But I was so tense and nervous and too earnest because I, I I actually my intention when I went to Cambridge to to read theology, I read it at King's. Um, I remember my interview with the dean there. I really wanted to be the first female vicar. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I don't believe that you you let many in then. Right. And that, but what I found studying theo theology, and I'm I'm wondering how many theologians this is the case that because I was introduced to other religions yeah. in a way I'd yeah. not been before, that that kind of made me spiritual rather than religious. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that was the intended effect of the degree, but it certainly was on me. And I'm wondering if you know other people that that was similar kind of experience. I, I, I think that's that's really interesting. And I think one of the going back to the, the, the skin of your teeth, that skin of your teeth comment that, that, I, that I made was for me, the purpose of theology is to awaken a spirituality, whereas I think mm. the way that theology is taught, it tends to lead people into religion. Um, and, I mean, religion is a great word. It just means linking back, really. It just means linking back. But I think if you buy into religion as this product, which is, I think, an increasing temptation in the contemporary church, you're not going to really get a deep, profound spirituality. So I'm, I'm delighted that 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 was the case with, with you. And I think good theology will open up a spirituality. And I think what I mean by that is, is a, a real inner experience that a person is able to be aware of their experience in their imagination, in their body, in their mind, in their emotions, 
and connected in, in some way to the world out there. So it's not entirely interior, it is interior, but it's also exterior in the sense that we connect it to other people, other events, or, or the world outside us. Thank you so much um, for that, Barry, because it's kind of like healing for me to hear that because I've always kind of felt a bit guilty. Right. The way you put it now, it's almost like, no, that my degree there fulfilled its function. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for that. That's <laughs> You've really helped oh. me. <laughs> thank you. Do you miss your Cambridge days? Um, I think we had some really good, hearty discussions Um you know, we, we had some really good hearty discussions and I think there were people who were on a quest. And I think, you know, you, you never recapture that again. And, and yeah, so there's this aspect of it. But, you know, I've moved on, the world's moved on. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with, with where I am at the moment. I'm glad. Um, they're very good at keeping track of their, their people, though, aren't they, Cambridge? Because I actually sort of like, because I moved country, changed name, um, so sort of fell out of the network, as it were. Okay. And they were able to track me down. I remember getting this email saying, are you who graduated in 88? Okay. You know? yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. How did they find <laughs> me? Um, and it, it feels like a home, really. Yeah. And I, I've never quite dared to go back. And there are all these reunions. So you'll That's have to let me know if you go to a reunion <laughs> that maybe I'll have the courage to go back. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice. <laughs> but thank you um so that's the mystery of theology hopefully solved for some of you who ask me what is that now could you help solve the mystery of, of of training to be a vicar and it's a world that i wish they'd do a documentary about that mm. i'm sure maybe they have what happens in vicar school um well, for me, I guess it's, it's going to be different for, for everyone. For me, I'd actually been um, a minister in a free church. Um, so I was already a minister in the free church. I decided to come out of that because it wasn't really working for me anymore. Um, so I, took, I, I went into a training uh, role with, with young people and then sort of began to go through the process of, joining the Church of England. So um, because I was already, you know, a minister of a church, I think I was slightly fast-tracked. Um, um, but you have to go through the same selection process. So you have someone called a DDO, who is a diocesan director of ordinance, and you meet with them, you know, very regularly. Uh, they will sort of ask probing questions about why you feel called to the priesthood. You go on various sort of selection weekends and through various uh, selection processes. Um, and then you train, um, which would be mostly theology to degree level. Uh, but some people would do masters or PhD. Um, so there is quite a strong emphasis on, on training in theology, um, as well as the, the, the practical stuff of simply being, being a vicar. Um, and that's generally two or three years, but it could be longer if you're doing it part time, um, which which a lot do now because they're in full time jobs, uh, but they they feel called to be a, a priest whilst maintaining their their full time job. That 
that's really interesting because I was thinking you don't have extreme prayer techniques that you've got <laughs> to go through. You have this idea of it's that word training, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This mystery about nunneries and monasteries. Yeah, and yeah. I think I think they're they're looking for a, a deep sense of vocation that that this person really does have at the core of their being this sort of call to to be some sort of representative. But for God, let's say. And I guess you have to adhere to the tenets of the faith that you want to be a vicar in and prove your, your commitment to that. Um, yes. So it's, it's so interesting. How are they doing with, with women now? Oh, big intake. Yeah, big intake. Uh, I think, you know, oftentimes if you look at the numbers coming in, there'll be more in each diocese. There'll some, you know, oftentimes be more, more women than, than men. So, yeah, doing really well. I think the Vicar of Dibley helped there. Well. <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, talking about that, I had the Reverend Maggie Whitehouse on White Shores. Oh, okay. She was hilarious. She's a vicar and stand-up comedian. Yes. Um, and that was a, a breath of fresh air. She was so invigorating. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Feedback about her episode. I must have her back, and I'm sure I, I will about your episode as well. And I really thank you for doing this because this is a spiritual podcast, but as you know, it's non-denominational. Yeah. Um, but um, so, where are you at now, Barry, with your spirituality? Are you as are you as committed to the Christian faith as you were on day one, or have you sort of like your your faith been like augmented by all these other mystical spiritual techniques and experiences? And are you teaching that to your parishioners? Yeah, I mean that's a really really good question. Um... I think the interesting thing is actually the more I've probed into what some might consider sort of alternative ways of um, exercising one's one's faith, one's spirituality, the more I've found that actually if you go back into the very early uh, centuries of the church or some of the great saints down through the ages, you will find those sort of core elements there and if you look even in, in sort of secular practices that that's that something like mindfulness based stress reduction is you see sort of similar features to what you you find in sort of aspects of, of, of christianity um so whilst i may have sort of moved away from a kind of dry doctrinaire um approach to to Christianity, I think the kind of the living water, the kind of the, the dynamic of it, the the essence, it is even is even richer, you know. And if you look at the progressive trends in in Christian spirituality, you, you know, there's a wealth of of experience there. So I guess there's been a kind of redirecting of where my energy is going um, o- over the years. Um, for sure. And are you called in and reprimanded if you're getting everyone to meditate in one of your services, or I mean, are, are you being watched, or are you very much there's a trust there that you're going um, to do this in a gentle way? Well, it's really interesting, actually, because the, the secular mindfulness um, courses that I've run, quite a few Christians come on them. I mean, I advertise them as as, as secular. I keep my link as a vicar as secret as I can. And, you know, Christians come on it. And then when I get 
to know them as Christian and they get to know me as Christian, a lot will say the reason we're doing this is because it's giving us something that we're not finding in the contemporary church. So I think, you know, Christians of, you know, a particular persuasion are wanting to go deeper into a, a more experiential um a sort of view of their faith or practice of their faith, I, I should say. And I think also, yes, in, in, the, in the church services, in prayers, in the way I lead things, I've definitely brought in um, some aspects of mindfulness and forest bathing. So, for example, we recently had the spring equinox um, and we all went out and did a kind of spring equinox forest bathing where we simply took in the you know, the nature, the sights, the sounds, the smells, the tastes of, of the forest, and really immersed ourselves in that, but just set it in a kind of Christian context, really. Um, and people thought it was wonderful. So, yes, it's definitely changing the way I, I sort of teach the Christian faith to, to other people. You are rather wonderful, Barry, because I think this actually could save, you know, dwindling numbers yeah, <laughs> yeah. In the future it's, it's where people want to go now yes. and, you, know, you are I actually think what you're doing is incredible exciting and it's actually going to help the church evolve and move forward and carry people with it well, I, hope, than, I hope so yeah I mean I hope you I hope you you do your own podcast about this it's so unique and um for for the Christian community introducing them gently and showing it's not in opposition to them yeah. it's actually a part of it because you're so right you studied the bible and the christian faith and you know so many of these techniques that i talk about like meditation mindfulness forest bathing it's all in there absolutely saints like Teresa of avila and all that yeah look at it this is so deeply mindful yeah what she's talking about there yeah. and you know Ab- um absolutely and i think that you know a lot of people they're frightened or you know this sounds pagan or is this going to become pagan well you know it, it, that's just a very simplistic view of things I mean, if you look at the way for example celtic christianity uh, grew up um you know they were in discussion and dialogue with uh, with pagans and they changed some of their own practices because of pagan practices they took on board some of their practices you know, so it's actually a very rich um, dialogue, and we haven't got anything to be afraid of. I mean, it's only insecurity, really, that generates some of those fears. If we if we know who we are, um, then we we don't have to be afraid of, of those sorts of things. It's all it's all God's God's world, and mm. I think if we can, you know, if you look, for example, I mean, Meister Eckhart, who is a really established figure quoted across the board, you know, even even by secular people. He said, if I was to spend time with just the tiniest creature, even if it was a caterpillar, I would never need to prepare another sermon in my whole life because that caterpillar is so full of God. (laughs) And, you know, so they didn't have a problem with, with seeing the natural world as being animated, you know, in God, by God, through God. Um, it, it's only those those fears that have, you know, stopped people from, I think, really immersing themselves in the, the spirit of the natural world, to put it like that. 
so true. Never true a word spoken. Again, thank you for this. It's 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 beautiful, illuminating. Um, and you're also from the email correspondence we've had. You're open to psychic or intuitive experiences. And again, I'm going to point to the Bible. If you look at Jesus, he's you know psychic experiences. His disciples sense him when he's departed. Yeah. You know, that's really, you know, death ends a life, not a relationship, isn't it? Yeah. That's what we're talking about. With, yeah. With so there is psychic elements in all over the Bible. Yeah, so absolutely. why do we fear it? Yeah. Because I, I think all of us, I mean, this is my belief, but it is backed up by some research that we all have a sixth sense DNA. Yeah. Ability, you know, um, but you're open to that. And you, you, were, you was, had an experience yourself recently that you said. Yeah. You yeah. One of your yeah yeah absolutely and i think that um you know again people can be you know christians have been taught quite a almost simplistic um can you still hear me yes oh it's i've just got a notice here lost connection to server um no i can still yeah. hear you that sometimes happens okay. and yeah Sometimes um, it's very bossy platform, but it, it somehow manages to sound. Yeah, it's, no it's, yeah. <laughs> it's re reconnected, I think, now. Um, Great. But, you know, I've had so many experiences with, with people um, on their deathbed and after deathbed and, uh, and seeing, you know, them have experiences too. You realise that it's things aren't as cut and dried as we often sort of were, were taught that they they were um and communication from from someone who's who died um it, you know i i can't question pe people's experience and and it leads them on to deeper character um it leads them on to living more more fruitful lives more loving more caring lives so i i think um in a way, you know, I come back to this this thing about it's oftentimes our insecurities that allow us to generate these these fears. But if we if we know who we are and if we're at peace with with the world and whatever we conceive God or the supernatural to be, we don't have to we don't have to worry in that in that sense. No, absolutely. Um, would you mind giving an example of? Um... So you were talking about people, you know, afterlife um, experiences, stories, or something that you might be able to share with, without sharing names, of course. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, I mean, there was one um, um, episode I was I was aware of recently, whereby um, someone had died, and there was an awe of uh, light um, at their feet. Um, and the person who was with them could clearly see it. And then someone else came in from outside of them who hadn't been in there. And immediately they came in and they said, oh, look, there's an orb right at their feet. Um, wow. So, you know, it, it, you're just dealing with something really sacred, really special. Um, and, and, of course, unusual things will, will happen. And the art, you know, the... The, the energy, the life, the universal, uh, the mystical will will show itself in ways that we we don't understand. In fact, I think that's why the religions are there, actually, because the spiritual is such a part of life that there's a sense in which you almost need something to to contain it. 
Um, and I think what the modern world has done is actually filter out that kind of mystical, supernatural side of life because we've become so pragmatic um, that we, you know, it's always now a surprise when we start talking in these terms. But like you said, if you go back to the Bible, back to even uh, before the, the Bible, you've got accounts of spiritual experiences and voices from from beyond the grave and 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 and, and all, all sorts of interesting stuff mm. i couldn't agree more and i think also us two having a conversation like this and the more people have this kind of conversation the more it starts to normalize it yeah absolutely it's just a part of this incredible human experience we're having yeah as spiritual beings yeah you also said you went through a period in your life when you had dreams that potentially t- informed you about your future. Yeah. Would you, would you mind sharing some your thoughts about that? Yeah, this was strange. This was a period in, in my life um, that I guess lasted, ooh, um, it wasn't a long time. It was maybe three or four years. And I used to get very vivid dreams. Um, about things and I remember talking to my spiritual director at the time who was a, a lovely wise elderly elderly gentleman and I said you know what what do I do and he just said simply just notice them <laughs> and I think you know that's part of a kind of Christian spirituality you don't have to get carried away sometimes with the with the phenomena you just have to notice it and include it in your life and put it down to the, the mystery of the mystery of being. And I, I don't suppose it, they changed anything fundamentally. I think what they did do was just kind of remind me that in a sense, my life is not about my life. There are, there are bigger themes. There are bigger ideas playing, playing through it that I'm just part of really. Oh, you're right. It's actually deeply humbling when you have these experiences yeah. of vu or intuition being proved right or you sense something and it's accurate. It doesn't actually puff up your ego. I think it has the opposite. It yeah, makes absolutely. you inter- interconnected to something so much bigger than yourself. Yeah. And so much more powerful and mysterious and also connects you to wonder. And I don't know how you think, but I think wonder is the vitamin for spirituality that, you know, this sense of awe. That, that, that oh, is totally, kind of totally open to your heart, mind, and soul to to the to the wonder of our existence, yeah. which is wonder. Yeah. But I'm going to return where we began, really, because I I sense from talking to you because you talked about mindfulness that forest bathing, because you mentioned that you even took some of your 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 what do I call them followers parishioners what do the I parishioners call them? yeah parishioners. parishioners I just <laughs> make sure I say use the right term yeah. Um, they're so lucky that you took them. Can you tell me what forest bathing means to you and why would you recommend it to people to go and stand stand by a tree, basically? Yeah, sure. Well, forest bathing, it's, it's, it's more than just kind of a walk through the woods or a, or a hike. In fact, forest bathing is quite clear that it's, it's not those things. You know, you need to switch into a another mode of being you're immersing yourself like like we do in a bath in the forest and you're slowing down the clock 
Um, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're not agenda driven. You're not task driven. You are slowing down everything down and you are immersing yourself in the sights, the sound, the touch, the taste, um, of the, of the forest, the smell. Um, and you're, 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 you're seeing the forest as, um, a reality in its own life and there's a reciprocal relationship there so the, the forest will will speak to you and you can speak to the, the forest so it's seeing the forest as alive the forest has its own life its own spirit and it can teach us so much you know there's so much wisdom in a tree um in in the, in the earth in the connectedness of the forest it it's you know, it's been there a long time. And at the end of the day, it's what's, it's, you know, it's what's really made life possible. Um, so mm-hmm. it's saying, I want to immerse myself in this, in this web, this reality, this, this spirit, this life and learn from it, contribute to it, allow it to become part of my spirituality. You know, so a lot of my spiritual experiences now are in the forest when I, lose sense of who I am and just get this sense of this this incredibly rich and vibrant life that my little life just so happens to be part of. Mm, it does feel very much like coming home when you spend time in a beautiful forest. Yeah. I've always felt that. You're drawn to it. Yeah. Um, I know there are many origin theories and one of which we come from the sea as well. That's yeah. Feel drawn to, but sure. forest, at some point that was our home. Yeah, that was our earliest home. Yeah, and we learned to talk to the trees, avatar yeah. style, yeah. and yeah. Oh, 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 this is so so glorious. Yeah, um, Barry, what you're talking yeah. about. Your parishioners are very very lucky to, to have you. Um, as you know, at the end of each episode, I like to sort of assign a Lord of the Rings quote, and you know where I'm going with yours. I want you to think of some a quote as well that you can leave us with before before we end this interview. But uh, while I do that, I share what, of course what I found from Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, yeah. Green beard. <laughs> right. My home is deep in the forest near the roots of the mountain. Things will go as they will, and there is no need to hurry to meet them. You're probably not a Lord of the Rings fan. I'm sensing that. <laughs> okay. No, that I couldn't hear you at one point, so but I so I was strained to hear. But no, it's a it's a lovely lovely quote. The things will go as they will, yeah, and yeah. there's no need to hurry to meet them. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's tree beard, the, the the tree, uh, <laughs> the ent. From yeah, yeah. Is there on a serious note? Is there a quote? It it can be one that you from the Bible, or it can be from wherever you've read, or it can be your own thoughts, or, or some thought that you would like to leave people who are listening to this interview with? Well, I think it would be a very simple thing that we say in mindfulness, actually, which is to experience your experience. Um, Because often we don't. We escape from our experience into our head, into our thoughts, into our ruminations, um, or we, we excuse them, or we judge them, or we run from them. But in a, in a sense, mindfulness and, and forest bathing are about providing real ways in which we can experience our experience. That's beautiful. Experience your experience. 
Yeah. Experience your experience. I'm going to repeat that because it. I'm kind of mulling it. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I, again, I've heard every word you're saying, Barry, and I know everyone listening will have as well. Um, do you have a website or social media or... Or is that not, not yeah, where no, we've, uh, we've got and a web, website, it's um, medwaymindfulness.com, um, um, and I put my courses on, on there. Um, I'm not brilliant at that website, but at least there's, there's enough to sort of direct anyone if they, they would like to sort of know, know more. That's kind of a theme with spiritual people, actually. They're sort of like saying, I'm not great on social media. (laughs) But I think we're we're all having to sort of get there because it it does reach people in a way that you simply can't in person. Sure, sure. As I said, this podcast goes all over the world. Sure, absolutely. Never be touched by your voice will be. So can you repeat that website again? Yeah, so it's uh, medwaymindfulness.com. And that's M-E-D-W-A-Y-Mindfulness.com, yeah. And you didn't tell me you did courses. So what are your courses in mindfulness, I would guess? Yes, I do the um, different different courses in mindfulness. My my training is the eight-week clinical model of um, mindfulness-based stress reduction. But then I also teach mindfulness through nature. So we call that Mindful by Nature um, because I think the forest, the trees, the outdoors, is actually a great way of accessing some of the skills that that mindfulness um, does actually bring to us. Absolutely, it's mindfulness vicar style or Barry style. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, my the thing is, I've made a real commitment to teach mindfulness in a secular way because I mm. feel that there's such a richness to our lives that I want people to experience. I want people to enter into that without kind of anything that I would overlay it, if, if you see what I'm saying. Mm. I think my mindfulness has been very, very carefully constructed by, by a genius, really, John, John Kabat-Zinn. Um, mm. and, and there's something about the way it accesses our experience that's just left out a lot of the kind of assumptions of Christianity, Buddhism, or whatever it might be. And allows people just to sort of go into that experience with more awareness and less kind of dogma or beliefs or, you know, rigid practices, rigid ideas, I should say. Mm. Barry, it's been a delight talking to you. You are a very rare jewel. <laughs> Thank you. A rare spiritual jewel, really. No, I, I, I hope we continue this conversation. It would be lovely, Teresa. Yes. Thank you. Um, Thank, um, thank you for everything you're, you're doing as well, opening up these sorts of conversations. Oh, thank you. I think it, it's it's such an important part of life, isn't it, to give us inner strength? Yeah, very much right so. Now, the way the world is. Yeah, very much so. Inside out approach, really. Um, and thank you, Barry, for all you are and do. I truly appreciate it. Oh, thank very, you. very kind. Thank, thank you for having me. Thank you from my heart and soul for being here and walking beside me in spirit on white shores. Sensitive, kind, compassionate souls like you who see beyond the material are needed more than ever today to help this earth heal and evolve. 
If you have any questions, stories or insights to share, I absolutely love hearing from you and aim to reply to everyone in due course. My website is www.theresachung.com. My contact email is angeltalk710 at aol.com. And you can message me via my Instagram handle, the Teresa Chung, as well as my Facebook and Twitter author pages. Until we meet again on these white shores, keep being amazing spiritual you, sending my eternal love and gratitude.